Welcome back to the Monash Musculoskeletal Research Unit podcast, where we discuss and translate the latest musculoskeletal research to help you keep up to date and improve patient outcomes. My name's Luke Perrotson. I'm a physiotherapist, physio educator, an early career researcher, and part of the MMRU in the Department of Physio at Monash University. And on today's episode, which is a, another one of our return episodes after a little bit of a hiatus, I'm joined by MMRU member and chair and researcher and PhD student, Pat Valance. How are you, Pat? I'm good. Thanks, Luke. And thank you very much for, for having me on again. Always a pleasure to be on the MMRU podcast. So we had originally we had um, aspirations to run the podcast fortnightly. We did that for a while. And of course, things go in fits and bursts. So that's okay. We're back now. So you know, very happy to be able to restart some episodes of the podcast and hello to our listeners from the previous two years of the podcast and hello to any new listeners. Today, we're talking about the Sports Medicine Australia Conference, which has just wrapped up, which is Australia's um, premier sports medicine multidisciplinary conference. A lot of people who would be interested in musculoskeletal research in their country we're in or around the world would be interested in. And there was some really impactful, interesting research uh, that was presented over the last few days. And I wasn't there. I had teaching duties and family duties at home. Um, but you were there, Pat, along with two other MMRU members. So Joel Martin and Sanam Tavakoli, you're up there presenting your research. So I thought what we do on this episode was run through a bit of a SMA, Sports Medicine Australia conference wrap and yeah, it, take absolutely. it from someone who was there. Yeah, yeah. Um, feet on the ground. I think you called it earlier today. So uh, happy, happy to um, give you my my insights as I took it, as I tried to absorb what I could. Lots, lots going on on the across a few days. It was a, a four day conference. So um, yeah, you, you try to absorb what you can and chat to who you can and and learn as much as you can from a, an opportunity like that. So happy to share that. Let's take a step back and explain to anyone who's not familiar with the the conference what the Sports Medicine Australia conference is. So, um, what's the scope and what's it all about? Yeah, it's um, it's always nice to reflect on on uh, at the back end of the conference, the scope of of you know, learnings that you can pick up from a, a conference like this. And it, it did really it touched on a great variety of 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 areas, a huge range of clinical and research um, topics. Anyway, I think I was I was running through the um, the agenda. I've I've got my agenda from the from the um, conference where I've circled what I went along to and it ranges from everything from um, to expert tendinopathy um, uh, workshops and and symposiums all the way through to nutrition, um, data analytics and legality around that. So it's this really wide scope and um, yeah, I think I touched on yeah, the fact there were workshops and they ranged even in terms of what their content was. There was a, a really nice um, strapping workshop where uh, everyone gathered around in this big room around a, an expert who was showing us all the ways they, they go about applying uh, taping techniques, strapping techniques to the lower limb, the ankle and the foot. Um, and that was that was really, really interesting. And then you look at the other extreme, which is a sort of a keynote speech where we're going through the different approaches to um, uh, to nutrition and, and yeah, that time dependent window of nutrition versus, um, say, uh, um, more a calorie deficit. So it's just this huge scope and um, yeah, plenty there for everyone. Everything say. from the practical workshops through to the um, more ambitious thinking and planning and um, the, the bigger topics that are presented in the keynotes and everything in between. Well, so take us through some 
some of the uh, um, presentations, the keynote presentations first. And of course, this is just your perspective. There were lots of concurrent sessions. So anyone else being at the conference would have a different perspective as well. But take us through what you took away from some of the keynotes. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a good point. There was three concurrent rooms at any time. So you, you try to be in multiple places at once, but you can only physically be in one. Um, but the, some, of the, some of the key ones for me, uh, being a, a researcher in the tendinopathy and tendon space, so I, I focused in on those a bit more so. Um, uh, Emetus Professor Jill Cook had a, a few talks and she was a, a keynote keynote speaker and her um, her her talk on the last day was particularly notable where she highlighted the gaps in tendinopathy research, but through doing so also gave us a, a bit of a, a roadmap of what is known and um, how we can utilize that in our in our management and also just to highlight some some areas that uh, researchers might want to uh, pick up the the torch from her as she is at the back end of her career and winding down and, and yeah, engage in that that space and build upon her work. So that was a really nice, really nice and really informative talk where she covered everything from tendon pain through to um, uh, more structural changes through to um, so the, the the clinical coalface management and different um, techniques and technologies and management strategies. So arranged. Yeah, it encompassed all things tendons. She mm. she opened with saying, "It's taken me however many years of of research, but I feel I finally have an understanding of tendons and tendinopathy." And she gave us all a huge insight into that. So it was, it was really nice. It was a really nice talk. State of the play of research in the area, but from someone who would who would know, and yeah. but also what what we know and what needs to be done. So sort of focus, call to action for research. Absolutely. Sounds really good. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Another um, really interesting um, keynote speaker. Uh, and it was on the the first day. Uh, it was Professor um, John Hawley who took us through uh, more so at the the let's say it's a um, exercise science side of things. The way high intensity exercise can be utilised to boost VO two max and and used as an alternate to um, your traditional very match to task volume intensity type exercise your low uh, your, your long slow duration uh, training um, say say for instance uh, and he used the example um, of one of his studies where there was a 40 kilometer bike race cycling race and they got a whole heap of athletes training doing volume training that was volume and intensity matched to the event and then they flogged a whole heap of others with this high intensity exercise and he admitted that in the design of the experiment, they put in the high intensity exercise thinking it would be rubbish. They thought this is just here to to show that we've you know, tried to control for these factors, but this is going to be rubbish. Um, but lo and behold, it was as as good as the the task specific training, and the volume was much smaller. So time in, in terms of performance, much greater. In, in terms, uh, in of, terms of, of performance, that. yeah, yeah, performance and VO two max, which is is fascinating. So um, just another example of the the scope of um, content. He also um, had a really nice talk on uh, chrononutrition, he calls it. So okay. um, the the going through different strategies to optimizing nutrition, more so based on the time periods that you're eating. So rather than the, the age-old calorie deficit uh, or fasting, a true fasting, this was you give yourself a window. And he had a threshold of 10 hours that you should give yourself a window from when you start to finish eating. And you're trying to uh, you, you eat per usual in that time period. And there's really good effects on 
um, on body mass, uh, but also beyond that, and there was a, a separate study um, that he, he used as an example. Uh, he took us through the the benefits and, um, you know, there'd be a, a population there that would definitely benefit from it that uh, more so your, your diabetes and pre-diabetes uh, type populations. So um, increased insulin sensitivity and okay. uh, beta cell function and so on. So fascinating stuff, really fascinating. And of course, thinking about musculoskeletal research, it's we have to be thinking much more broadly than biomechanics and some of the things that you and I do in our own research projects. It's really important to think multidisciplinary and broad and think about people's um, health across their lifespan as well. And you mentioned blood sugar control there and, and diets are really good. Yeah, absolutely. I guess, yeah. Sorry, go on, Pat. I was just going to say, I, I surprised myself with uh, coming away from a conference like that. You you look at the um, the timetable ahead of time and your pencils and the things in, and I, I had that in more so just from a, a, a own interest perspective. I, I didn't think that would be one of the main things I'd step away from that conference being fascinated by and, um, I've, I've now got myself you know, eating within certain windows of time, oh, yeah. high intensity exercise. You're invested in it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Give it a go. Experiment um, of one. Yeah. One of the, the benefits of a, a conference like this, you, because it's so broad, you pick up plenty in your own area, but exposes you to other areas too. So I really enjoyed that. Our audiences, clinicians, people who may be thinking about a research career, or at least, um, are interested in musculoskeletal research. Um, so Perhaps the message there is that if you haven't attended a conference like this before, there's a lot more to it than you probably think. And there's a lot that you can gain. There's a lot more than just presenting the research. If that was all there was, then you could just go read the papers. It's the people you meet. It's the conversations you have and the ideas you get that comes out of a conference like that. That's really useful. What else? Anything else stand out for you in terms of keynotes or, or workshops? Yeah, look, I'll, I'll I'll throw to a symposium I was a part of. Um, so I presented along with um, with Brooke Coombs, Dr. Brooke Coombs, uh, Dr. Vienna Vivian, and a few from the uh, Griffith Uni group on um, central nervous system sort of pain features in in tendinopathy. And um, you know, I I gave it my best shot to present on my topic, but just learning from some of the others uh, in that space. Yeah, Brooke Brooke spoke really well. She highlighted um, some of the clinical links. And I think that's, that's a, it's a really good point you make just before, Luke, about um, yeah, the conference there being yeah, one for, it, 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 yeah, it's applicable to clinicians. Uh, I'd say a large portion of the people there were clinicians. Yes, there were researchers there, but a lot of it is, yeah, it's got that clinical focus. So it's we're, we're trying to tie or the, the presenters are trying to tie this in so that you come away on the, you finish up on the Saturday, you're back in the clinic on the Monday and you're fresh with ideas on what you can do to help your 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 patients. So um, there's this huge, huge clinical focus, and um, I know I spoke with quite a few people who were um, who were clinicians as well as plenty there that were researchers as well, and a few that were the the clinician researcher as well, like myself, a bit of a blend. So no, there's plenty there. Another interesting one, which I know we we spoke about before we started this podcast, was the the cross bracing protocol for ACLs, which extremely extremely interesting um concept it was a a um, podium presentation so it was a, an original research piece and the authors presented their work and so this was steph philbay and team from latrobe and an international team that they've put together yep yeah absolutely and, and they're talking about this um, protocol where they've uh, they're trying to optimize conservative management of acl rehabilitation 
Uh, so rather than undergoing the ACL reconstruction, uh, they're cross-bracing. So they're bracing these uh, these people. They've identified a particular population that it was just a, just an ACL rupture, uh, minor MCL, but, but nothing else beyond that. Um, they're bracing them in 90 degrees flexion, knee flexion. Uh, and they're in that position, I think it was four to six weeks. So um, I'm sure we could, we could throw in maybe um, a link to the, when it, when it's available, the, the paper, maybe in the future when you it's put them in the show published. notes. Yep. yep. Yeah. And um, they're in this position for, for four to six weeks and then they're gradually progressing through use of the brace into further degrees of knee extension being available. Uh, and they had huge success, huge success. So the large, I, I believe, um, and I may, may be mistaken, but I believe all, Participants had um, had union of the the two ends of the ACL, the ruptured ACL, and they graded the um, the success or the the health of the the ACL um, post protocol um, based on the the um, the quality of the ligament and the laxity of the ligament, and around fifty percent achieved this grade one, which was the optimal grading, as you know, suggests that it's really high quality ACL. And in terms of laxity, form, that is, in terms of what you're actually trying to achieve with the surgery is yeah, yeah, yeah. mechanical so, reconstruction of the ligament, mechanical stability, and then you build your functional stability on top of that with your rehab and they correct. achieve that through the, the mobilization. Yeah, correct. You know, you see, you, you could argue that a, um, a, a negative to this approach would be that there's you know, potential uh, for contracture, um, sustained stiffness after you've had this knee in 90 degrees uh, flexion. But um, despite that, they had a really high return to sport rate and a really low um, re-rupture rate. So it was, it was huge success. And I'm sure the, the findings of the, um, of the study will speak for itself, but it really is potentially revolutionary when it comes to ACL management. Mm, a real paradigm for- shift, isn't it? Real paradigm shift away from mm, really, really absolutely. interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm sure it wasn't, it, it would have been the clinicians, the researchers, everybody in the room was uh, hanging off every word. So um, that was another, another really um, important and interesting presentation mm. throughout the conference. Correct me if I'm wrong. I just saw on Twitter that, that w- what was presented there was um, uh, early data from another trial. I think it was from the Canoon trial, which is written canon, pronounced Canoon. And um, what was what's coming out soon, which you mentioned, is the, yes. the full trial. Yeah. So, yes, so, yeah. so it's just an interesting early results. Watch this space for a, a trial that's going to be published. It yeah, could really yep. shake up the way some people have their ACL managed. Absolutely. Really, yeah, really so interesting. And, and yeah, being able to, as well, and based on the protocol, potentially identify those that are eligible for this in the first place. Um, but, and, and, and there's some, and this is another benefit to a, a conference. There's some really nice back and forth between um, the, the, the authors, the, um, the, the speaker and the audience where they'll asking about, well, you're able to ask questions of the of the study team, which is you, know, you don't get that access usually. And there's a question around the um, how how patients were convinced to undertake or participate in this study, and um, yeah, there was some really nice discussion there around the fact that a lot of patients, after hearing that conservative management is um, yeah, on the increase, and also some of the theory behind why this should be effective, um, they're really eager to get involved. So. Um, yeah, that, that was that was quite interesting in and of itself. And notably, one of the ruptures, re-ruptures, actually um, uh, chose to undergo the, the same protocol again. 
So they've, they've done it once, not had a successful result, but the mm. process has been so, so good to that point. They say, well, put me back through. That's great. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, we're just commentating on this here and putting this out there. And I'm sure a lot of people listening to this in, interest in this field of research will probably be aware of this already, but there's a lot of good discussion on Twitter, on social media and, and obviously wait for the papers to be published. And, but I think the point is if, if someone is new to the, the research area, if they're perhaps a student or a new grad and they haven't been to a conference before, you've given a really good summary of what you actually get out of going to a, a conference like that. It's more than just the, the results that are presented. It's that ability to interact with the people and ask questions. And uh, it's really interesting. It is. It is. I don't, I don't think you get that access to, to the researchers otherwise. Um, and hopefully you're getting a sense of the, the enthusiasm uh, I have after participating in the, the conference, um, both, both as someone that, that jumped up and spoke a little bit, but someone that listened to these talks and you come away from something like that and you, you feel invigorated for hanging around people that are eagerly, um, that are also very enthusiastic about their, their trade and applying their trade. So mm. you come come away really, yeah, you, you take plenty from it. Yeah. Good value. So th- mm. another one was the OptiNee, um, series of systematic reviews and the OptiNee Opti study group led by Adam Colvener and team. Um, yeah, what, yeah. what do you know about what was presented about OptiNee at the conference? I'll, I'll, I'll confess, Luke, that was one of the occasions I was in the next room over. Okay, perfect. Back end of, yeah. So what we'll, what we'll do is um, come back to that with another guest on the podcast because I think this is um, really worth following up on. So some, some key recommendations that have been published that if you're working – with people with musculoskeletal disorders, particularly with knees, you'd you'd want to know about the Opti Knee Study Group. Absolutely, so I'll, bring someone I'll on know, to talk about that. Yeah, I I know I'll be I'll be reading up on it, and uh, maybe maybe that's one to to tap one of the other MMRU members in attendance, and hopefully through through having three of us on the ground, one of us was in the the right room for it. Well, you but and yeah, I don't need to know everything about everything there. That's what the experts are there are for. But this is just a an overview of. A, a really good conference that I'm very sad I missed, um, but I'm really glad you got to go there and and I'm glad we could do a bit of a summary about it. Um, Absolutely. We're going to come back. It's going to be a fortnight for listeners. We're going to come back, you and I soon, and have another chat and talk about your presentation at the conference. So you, um, just briefly, what did you, just in a couple of sentences, what did you present for your own research? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I presented uh, two, two different Work so both stemming from a PhD. Number one was uh, a paper I've published investigating pain mechanisms in insertional Achilles tendinopathy. But we use that as an example to explore variability in pain response. So looking at this this research paradigm and um, you know, ways we can maybe utilize this to better shape the way we approach pain management in tendinopathy. Mm. And and the the second presentation was a a project of mine that's nearing completion, but we presented some preliminary data uh, exploring the function of the, the motor cortex and the, the corticospinal tract, so that tract responsible for motor function in patella tendinopathy. So, um, yeah, we, we talked about our protocol, which is, we like to think, quite advanced and, and quite clever, uh, so we can pick apart the function at the various levels of that corticospinal tract and their, their net contribution to motor function in patella tendinopathy. Because you're pretty proud, you, you've worked really hard on something. You bring it along to a conference, though, with a, a safe, supportive place to have other people pick it apart again and see if they can um, give you feedback and, and help you develop and present 
what you've got there in the um, in the most honest light. So absolutely, you, yeah, yeah, it was great. It was great as well in that um, presenting that work. There's a few people in the room that they're doing work in a similar sphere where you might not have that directly in your own research group. So you can sort of pick the brains of others and they pick your brain and you come away much better off for it. Mm. We're going to be remiss of us not to um, shout out our colleagues from MMRU. So Joel Martin had a poster presentation um, that you can look up because the abstracts from that conference are all published. And um, so he presented on his scoping review of physical function tests for people with lower limb tendinopathy and, um, did a really good job. And then Sanam Tavakoli, who's um, just at the tail end, finishing up her PhD. She was in the um, awards presentation. So the really good presentation she did on her, on Achilles tendinopathy and measuring physical activity with, um, uh, I guess, portable, without getting too technical with IMUs. So inertial measurement units, so taped onto people's legs and looking at people's biomechanics and physical activity. It was a really interesting novel study and a really good effort from Sanam to do that during, for our international listeners, during intense lockdowns. We were locked down for periods of months on end um, because of the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020 and 2021, and that really affected Sanam and her project. And she rallied and managed to come up with something amazing. Sanam had a laboratory-based project and she couldn't finish it. She had to basically restart her PhD. And it's just an amazing effort and for her to get a, a, a podium presentation and be able to, to present that to a national audience. We were all very proud of her. So well done, Sanam. Absolutely. And, mm. I, I know I'll, um, I can give you the, the insights, what it, uh, how it happened on the day. So we go for it. Sanam's presentation we we finished up that session there was a line of people there to ask her questions they were, they were asking her questions this and that about it so she really big big impact so her, her work uh, all that hard work paying off there a line of them yeah so good to see well let's leave it there we're going to come back and talk to pat in the next episode and get into the weeds and talk about pain and insertional Achilles tendinopathy it's going to be really good so, but in the meantime thanks everyone for listening um, I hope you're enjoying the podcast restarting again um, remember just to share it with a friend if you found this enjoyable help build our audience and help get our um, messages of research translation out to as many people as we can if you're interested in talking to us about your research send us an email the contact details are there in the show notes and you can find us on Twitter at MonashMRU so get on there and give us a follow and um let us know what you think. And if you want to continue the conversation, you can do it live on the podcast. Wouldn't that be fun? Just invite yourself. Do it. Come along, but at least um, send a message and we'd love to hear from you. So let's leave it there. Thanks very much, Pat. No, thank you, Luke. Always a pleasure. So until now, next time, everyone, this is Pat Valance and Luke Periton wishing you all the very best with your musculoskeletal research and clinical practice. 